turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Jesus was willing to suffer, to be obedient. Every act of obedience has a price, a price tag or an opportunity cost to it. Every act of obedience has a price tag or an opportunity cost to it. Every time you say yes to God in obedience, it is a no to Satan. It is a no to Satan. It is a no to your flesh. It is a no to the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Every time you say yes to God, it's a no. It's a no to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Every time you say yes to God, you're saying no to Satan. Naturally, that's the best way to resist Satan. Say, submit to God, resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil. When you submit to God, you are already resisting the devil. Hebrews 5, 8 Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. What did Jesus suffer? Jesus suffered to be obedient. That is prior to obedience. Jesus suffered to be obedient. Prior to obedience. Jesus suffered in obedience. Through obedience. Jesus suffered for obedience. Post-obedience. So he suffered before obedience, he suffered in obedience, he suffered past obedience, post-obedience. Jesus remained in obedience to the point of death, even the death of the cross, the scripture says. But above all, above all, Jesus suffered the sting, the pain of death, the sting, the pain of death. But he was delivered, for it was not possible, it was not possible. For that pain to hold him captive. It was not possible for, the, for Satan to hold him captive. It was not possible for death to hold him captive. He was already held captive. But it was not possible for death to continue to hold him captive. Amen. He suffered the pains of death. The sting of death. So that you don't have to suffer the sting of death. What is the sting of death? It's basically eternal separation. Separation from God. Jesus was separated from his father. He suffered that so that you will not suffer that. But it was, it was not possible for death, for the pains of death to hold him down. He was raised by the spirit of God in him. Now some will say, maybe you are asking, Pastor, what is the point of suffering obedience? Or what is the point of suffering and disobedience that you are talking about? Oh, you say there is nothing, nothing exciting about obedience and suffering and all of this. Nothing exciting. But don't forget, I hope you still remember that there is no true and enduring glory without obedience or suffering. There is no true glory. There is no enduring glory without obedience or suffering. And those two go together. If you seek glory, I seek glory. I don't know about you. I want glory. 
I want the glory of God. I desire glory. If you want glory, then you will go through suffering. You will go through obedience. If you look at Luke 24, 26 and 27, Luke 24, 26 and 27, Jesus said these words to two of his disciples. And these are not the regular disciples. One of them is Cleopas. He said to them, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things? Meaning, the Christ must suffer these things, then enter his glory. For Christ to enter glory, he must suffer. Don't you understand? Haven't you read in the scriptures that Christ will suffer before entering into glory? So he said to them, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now let me remind you of what I already said before. The path of glory is not just dotted with suffering. It's paved by it. The path to glory, the path of glory, is not just dotted with suffering. It's paved by it. The path to glory is decorated with discipline in the opulence of obedience and extravagance of endurance of suffering. The path to glory is not just dotted with suffering. It's paved by it. The path to glory is decorated with discipline in the opulence of obedience and extravagance of endurance of suffering. You can maintain or retain glory if you have not learned obedience through discipline and endurance of suffering. You cannot maintain or retain glory if you have not learned obedience through the discipline and endurance of suffering. Without the glory of God in your life and upon your life, the glory of God will decimate you. Did you hear that? Without the glory of God in your life and upon your life, the glory of gold, money, riches, will decimate you. If you have not been through suffering, if you have not learned obedience, when you get up there, when glory comes, when money comes, when riches come, you're going to misbehave. The devil will come with some wonderful things. So, no, so to say, wonderful things. Temptations to get you down. But if you have been through the channel the path of suffering, the path of obedience, no matter what comes at you, to you, in that place of glory, in that exalted place, you won't be tempted. Your life won't be destroyed. That's why we see many so-called celebrities. They go up, and before you know it, they come down. And of course, many, many lives, many of these lives are also pervaded with these lives are flooded with all kinds of things that are not good. Many of these people, their families are scattered. Divorces upon divorces, from one woman to another, from one man to another, scattered all over the place, drinking, no, and uh, drugs and all kinds of things. But they have a lot of money, and the money destroys them. The money destroys them. Now, for you as a child of God, God does not want his blessing to become his blight. 
God does not want his blessing to become a curse. He wants that when he blesses you, you remain humble. When he blesses you, you respect him, you honor him. Learning obedience through prayer. In prayer, through prayer, we learn to listen to the voice of God as he teaches us, corrects us, instructs us in righteousness, that we may be complete, thoroughly equipped, enabled to do all good works. Hebrews 5, 8, that scripture, who in the days of his flesh, Jesus in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. We are zeroing in on that verse 8. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Being a son of God, being a son of God commits you to obedience and does not, does not exempt you, does not excuse you, does not spare you, does not shield you from suffering. Don't think, because I'm a child of God, I'm a son of God, I should not suffer. Now, I'm not just talking about suffering, you know, for disobedience. No, not suffering for disobedience. If you disobey, you suffer. But even that, the Lord is with you. Amen. But I'm talking about you are doing the right thing. You are being obedient. You are crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's and still, and the scripture says, endure hardship or hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Because as a soldier, it's not a life of fun. It's a life of challenges. It's a life of roughness and toughness. It's not going to be easy. So he said, endure, endure, learn to endure hardness or hardship as a good soldier will do. So being a child of God, a son of God, does not excuse you from suffering. Now, again, think about it. What did Jesus, a son of God, suffer? Just to use the same, you know, rendering that the Holy Spirit um, put it in um, Hebrews 5, 8, though he was a son, not the son. The Holy Spirit is trying to make a point right there. He was a son, you know, in the days of his flesh. See him as one of you. See him as one of you. He was a son of God. You also are children of God. He was a son of God like you. He was a son of God. Though he was a son of God, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. So what did Jesus, a son of God, suffer? How much did he suffer? If you want to get an idea of how much or what Jesus suffered, if you read Isaiah 53 and the crucifixion of Jesus in the Gospels, you will know that. Or you will get an idea of what it was. Isaiah 53, if we just take a quick look at Isaiah 53 from verse 1 to verse 8, I will just read this quickly, just to get an idea, just to get... A little glimpse of the suffering of Jesus or the sufferings of Jesus. It says, in God's eyes, he was like a tender green shoot. I think this is living Bible. In God's eyes, he was like a tender green shoot sprouting from a root in dry and sterile ground. But in our eyes, there was no attractiveness at all. Nothing to make us want him. 
We despised him, rejected him. This is speaking of Jesus. We despised him, rejected him. A man of sorrows, acquainted with bitterest, bitterest grief. Not just bitter grief. Bitterest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way when he went by. He was despised. We didn't care. Yet it was our grief he bore. So he bore our grief, our sorrows, weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God for his own sins. Verse 5. He was wounded and bruised for our sins. He was beaten that we may have peace. He was lashed and we were healed. Verse 6 says, we, every one of us, have strayed away like sheep. We will left God's path to follow our own. Yet God laid on him the guilt and sins of every one of us. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he never said a word. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he's too silent before the ones condemning him. From prison and trial, they led him away to his death. It's just a glimpse of the sufferings that Jesus went through. 